Let us be attentive. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. What shall I render unto the Lord for all that he has given unto me? Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do as he has made up his mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to provide you with every blessing and abundance so that you may always have enough of everything and may provide in abundance for every good work. As it is written, he scatters abroad, he gives to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your resources and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for great generosity, which through us will produce thanksgiving unto God. Peace. Be with you, the reader. Wisdom arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace. Be with you all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Let us be attentive. At that time, a lawyer stood up to put Jesus to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered right. Do this and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, 
and we saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion, and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He answered, The one who showed mercy on him. And Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. Peace be with you who proclaim the gospel. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. A few years ago, a movie came out called Evan Almighty. I don't watch a lot of movies, but there are some that are kind of favorites of mine. The movie begins with a gentleman named Evan Baxter. He's a news reporter who has just won election to Congress. And his slogan that got him elected is, we're going to change the world. So Evan and his family pack up, they leave New York, they go to Washington, D.C. And in Washington, D.C., the family's kind of uncertain. The boys are upset because they're leaving their friends, they're leaving their school. The wife isn't certain what's going to happen. But Evan is going, and he's going to change the world. So they get into the neighborhood, and they have this big, huge house, space everywhere. He has a new, brand-new Hummer that he buys, and life seems really good. That night, his wife is in bed, and she looks over to him and says, aren't you a little bit worried about this? Don't you want to... Pray to God to have him help you. And Evan's response is, well, we don't really have that much of a relationship. So his wife says her prayer, which is that the family comes closer together. The little boy earlier has his prayer, which is the stray dog that's in the yard he wants to keep for himself. So his wife falls asleep, and he's sitting there, sitting there, and then decides... 
you know what, maybe this is a good idea. So he gets on on his knees and he says, you know, we don't talk too much, I don't know you too much, but I guess this is a big undertaking and whatever you can do to help me change the world, I'd appreciate. And he goes to bed. The next morning the alarm clock goes off, it's 6.14. He goes out the door and all of a sudden he trips over a box of supplies that come from Alpha and Omega Supply. (laughs) He goes to work, he drives along, he gets to Congress and he has a new bill on his desk. Land-breaking legislation that a senior senator wants him to present. He's all excited about it. Then he goes home, he goes back to sleep. The next day the alarm clock goes off. It's 6.14. It's also an alarm clock that's made by General Electric, but the only thing that's visible is the G-E-N, not the rest of it. That's all burnt out. He goes in the next day. They're going to go on a hiking trip. He can't go on the hiking trip because of the bill. They bring in the new license plates. Well, his license plates now say G-E-N 614. Genesis 614, no less. Anyway, the story goes on. He goes back and forth between his struggle with wanting to change the world in Congress and all of these signs that he's getting. Finally, he goes back and forth with God, and God makes these appearances to him. And finally, Evan is sitting outside, and he's by the stack of wood, and he says, I want to change the world, but I don't know how to do it. And God looks at him, and he says, I understand that. You change the world by an act of random kindness, one at a time. The story goes on. Evan builds uh, this ark that he's working on. That's what he wants him to build, because there's a flood. Well, to make a long story short, Evan does build the ark, despite the ridicule, despite the scorn, despite everything that he he has to tolerate because of the media. And the day comes and he does save the entire community from a flood. I won't tell you what the flood was, Uh, but his family comes closer together And in the end, he's having a conversation with God, and he says, you know, I kind of wasn't real helpful with all the suggestions and hints and things that you gave me, was I? And God says, no, you weren't, but I worked with you anyway. And you changed the world. How did you change the world? By an act of random kindness. Yesterday I talked at the Glendy about a gentleman that we had interacted with through the stewardship campaign, the same stewardship campaign that's being done here this year. It's called the ARC. That gentleman was very resistant initially to our, my wife's approach to him, even though she came with some nice baked goods He really was somewhat standoffish. This was new. He didn't know us. He had grown up in the church. He had fallen away from the church. This was not 
for some reason something that he wanted to entertain. However, he did open the door. My wife and he had a wonderful conversation. As time went along, he came back to the church. He came back and he was there for liturgy. He was there for weekday services. He would come for vespers. He ran for parish council and was elected. When it came time to look at building a new church, he got on the building committee. And then when we finally got things together, he decided to be project manager. Little did I know that this gentleman was brilliant. He actually designed, tested the engines for the Airbus. You would never know it by talking to him. You would never know it by looking at him. He went through the whole construction project. The church came to fruition. However, there was one little problem. Is that when we were getting up to that point, I had signed all the papers as parish council president. We didn't have a loan. He didn't tell me we didn't have a loan. He had gone to one bank and they turned us down because we only had 100 families and when they looked at all the numbers, it didn't make sense to them so they wouldn't give us the loan. He went to another bank, same thing. He went to a third bank, same thing. He was driving along one day and he was praying. God, in some ways, shed your mercy upon us and get us this loan. We will build this church. At that point, he drove by a small bank. He decided to go in. He went in. The lady who was there talked to him. She liked him. She gave him the loan. Why do I say all of this? Why do I bring all of this up? The reason that I do is I think what we need to do more of within our community, outside our community, is that act of random kindness. We don't know what's going to open up the door to somebody to let them see what the love of Christ is about. We change the world by changing ourselves. And we do that by coming closer to Christ, but we do it in a way that the world doesn't see. There's no notoriety. There's no big display. There's no big campaign. There's no signs. We go through our ordinary, everyday life, our mundane existence. But when we do so, we come in contact with so many people every single day. But do we go about that day like we heard in the gospel? Do we go about being so busy that we don't even see or don't even hear what's going around us because we're so caught up in ourselves? Or do we see it but really don't want to make that effort? All of us in our lives have issues. All of us in our lives have a story, beautiful stories. But if we never stop 
to talk to somebody, to say hi to somebody. We're never going to know what those stories are and we're never going to know what those problems are. That's what this stewardship campaign is about. And quite honestly, I'm not into the finances. What I'm into and what I understand through my experience with that gentleman was what was more important was his soul. I don't know how much money he gave to the church. I don't know what all his dealings were other than what I had with the building campaign and everything else. But what I know is in the end, when he passed away, he was with the Lord. I can't put a price tag in how God allowed us to reach his soul. There are many lost souls. There are many hurt souls. What we need to do on our journey is we need to take the time to listen, to lend the shoulder, let somebody cry on it, give support, give a kind word. I challenge you this week and in the coming weeks, if you see somebody, give them a handshake, give them a smile. If you're at line at Starbucks, Buy the person behind you their drink. If you're sitting in a drive-through, if you're going through a toll, pay the toll or the bill for the person behind you. See what the response is. I guarantee you that you will be overjoyed and they will be very, very surprised, especially in the younger generation, because they don't expect that. Our Lord told us in the gospel today, go out into the world, go, it's a command. Go and be merciful as he is merciful. Yesterday we were told that the ark represented two things. It represents the ark of the covenant, it represents the ark of Noah. But it represents a third thing, an act of random kindness. Amen.